<laughs> it's good to be home. Welcome back to a Gardenia edition of Adam versus the Man. We got big COVID block for you this morning because I know you haven't heard enough of it. Actually, it's it's the mass culture wars. Has the mood shifted? I think it has. This thing is finally like settling out. And and I gotta say, one thing I was like in in a year. I, I must say, I, I've enjoyed saying I told you so for like a year and a half. It's been like the hits just keep on coming and coming and coming. And now, uh, hey, what's going on? Are we, uh, you want to, you want to, we got an update on what's going on today? I just talked to Kareem. Oh, you want to send me a message on Telegram for that? Okay. Cool. All right. Ed is back in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Joe, we gotta get, uh, yeah, we're back. We're getting settled. We got the puppies here. Um, we got a big show lined up. We got a lot of links, and we, I, we're figuring out something else right now with the production. So, um, Joe or uh, Joey uh, is in the studio, home for like, what, what now? What's going on? All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Jim. Give us the producer notes. I was just going to say, I could throw you off stage real quick while I do promos, and you guys can have a conversation to figure out whatever you're about to figure out. So I wanted to also say, my sister made this for me. It's very beautiful. She painted it. It's my puppy, Falcor, and uh, she did a very good job. Look at the eyes. She did very good detail, and she loves it. And uh, whoops. <laughs> Click a button. So I got... Public telegram, Adam versus the man, t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. That's the public telegram channel that anyone is welcome to join. We encourage it. Please do so. Uh, if you want to uh, win the contest today, you can win access to our private producers club. Uh, you can just buy your way access if you want to. You can do that at Patreon, Patreon forward slash Adam versus the man. One, five, ten and fifty dollars a month is the different levels of to support the show. Ten dollars a month. We'll get you access to that private producers club, which will actually get you a, a link to the backstage of every show every day, uh, Monday through Friday, not Saturdays and Sundays, of course. And after that, visit the cigarfederation.com. Great website with all kinds of exotically flavored cigars for you to choose from. You can use promo code Adam10 to get 10% off your entire order there. So if you're into cigars, cigarfederation.com is definitely a great website for you. Instagram has at the Garden of Freedom going on, uh, a bunch of cool pictures and videos of everything going on up there in Gardenia. Great animal pictures and uh, just pictures of life up there in the off-grid camp up north. So definitely check Instagram out at the Garden of Freedom. Next is the Crypto6.com, the Bitcoin church that got raided, I'm sure you've heard about in the early mornings of March 16th. So go to this website, the crypto6.com, scan the QR codes to donate some cryptocurrencies to some people and uh, help them out. You can also, there's a button there to write to some of the people that are still in cages by the evil government. So definitely check out the crypto6.com. And lastly, we got gogreenenergyonline.com. It's our favorite website to pump out for do-it-yourselfers that are looking into solar power, micro wind power, just want to get knowledgeable about zero energy homes. Uh, if you're looking to educate yourself on self-sustained living, gogreenenergyonline.com is a place to do it. Excellent. All right. Co-hosting today, Aunt Ralston, ladies and gentlemen, with a comment contest about masks, I would hope. And we have a we have a big mask culture war subject to get into for the title, obviously. Um, do we have a comment contest about masks today, Aunt? 
Hey, good morning. Well, we can, uh, we're kind of talking about it beforehand and we can, uh, we can tailor it, uh, to masks or the comment contest, uh, being the best way that you can make money, uh, or currency without having to wear a mask or get a vaccine in, in post COVID America. Hmm. A lot That's of uh, a lot of companies are mandating masks and vaccines. Uh, I know California uh, is really big on it. I the, I heard that they're going to start airlines requiring people to have vaccines. So it seems fitting that uh, we have something that involves a way that you can still make a living without having to cater to these asinine demands. Yeah, because even strippers have to wear a mask. So this is <laughs> exactly, really even, exactly. Even the strippers have to wear a mask. But they don't have to cover their hoo hop. They have to cover their face. It makes no sense. Open asshole. Okay. Open face. No way. That's what the CDC says. We're definitely so. Uh, and I, I get that there's a, like awkwardness to what you're how you're wording this because I know there's this is you're you're touching on a couple of much bigger issues that I, I think are on the back of your mind at least, right? And one is your current situation working for the man, right? And going um, working for the man. As you can exactly. see, I am in my mobile office here. Now, you, but you, uh, you don't have to wear a mask because you're doing like field, vehicle, industrial work, right? Well, we have, we have customers that in order to be on their location, you have to be COVID tested within the week or have uh, a vaccine card. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, one more. So, but I, I, there's, there's some, there's the, one of the bigger things that I think you're getting at here is getting away from working for the man and that the COVID-19 shit, whether it's a mask or a request that you get vaccinated, even whatever it is, yeah, uh, it's one more thing that's making you go. You know what? They're just rubbing our faces in it now. I got to get out of here, right? Yeah, that's that's about that's about how it goes, man. So it's you're so thinking many... of working as a stripper until Joey pointed it out that strippers are still wearing masks. And you're that's... looking for better ideas from our audience today. That's the, that's what yeah, you're trying perfect. to do with the comic contest. Okay. Um. Sorry, we still have some backstage confusion here uh, that I'm sorting out by Telegram, but we're going to get into it in a minute here. So keep the comments coming. We're going to do this. I got I got a big COVID block. And actually, before before we jump into it, before we take our COVID vitamins and, and play the intro, I kind of want to get into this with you, Ant, because this is a, a bigger subject. I, I know we're going to have a lot of uh, comments on this one. This is a, from Yahoo News. Uh, Alexander Nazarian, why the mask culture wars may never end. You can wear a mask inside Fiddlehead's Cafe, but it will cost you $5 added to orders placed while wearing a face mask. Reads a sign pasted on a window of the restaurant located in the Northern California town of Medicino. We, we mentioned this, uh, I, I think, a couple weeks ago. Did, did you catch that story, Ant? Uh, no, I'd actually, I think I'm, I must have missed that one. And I watch every show, but I sometimes I'm traveling. So, okay, but you get you get this idea, right? Like, so yeah. <clears throat> they're they're saying if you if you if you wear a mask, 
You can wear a mask in our store. We're not going to stop you, but we're going to charge you $5 extra. And it's the owner. And there was a big brouhaha around this when, when he announced the policy. And he said, well, it's a $5. It's just $5. Now you can afford to eat out. You can afford it. It's a small inconvenience. It's, it's, you, you hear the word. And it, I love all, there's so many opportunities to turn this around. Like, wait, you're doing this for my safety. No. Well, for my safety, you, you need to do all these other things. And you go, well, if it's just a little inconvenience to wear a mask, well, Hey, you can wear a mask and respect other people's right not to. And at our restaurant, put up with a little $5 inconvenience that was going to, I believe, a, a local battered women's shelter, you know, sort of an unobjectionable charity. So I had a friend of mine that uh, had made a comment early on. He went to a convenience store and uh, they told him, sir, in order to come in here, you have to wear a mask. And he says, uh, oh, well, it's like, well, you can go out in your car and get your mask and come back in. He's like, well, we can do it two ways. If If I'm in here now, Without a mask, I'll pay for it. But if I come back with a mask, you're going to pay for my stuff. You know, the whole, you know, as a robber, you know, I'm going to rob you. If I'm going to wear a mask, I'm robbing you. You know, <laughs> you're going to pay for my stuff. Or I cannot wear a mask and I'll pay for it. You can have your choice. They you just know, were looking at them. In California, <clears throat> I believe it's still a violation of state law to wear a mask in public for that reason. It's well, a felony. Uh, there's uh, there's statues on on place for uh, possession of a concealed firearm and wearing a mask. You can't do both legally in some places. That's yeah. There, that's another wrinkle I hadn't heard of. Is that a thing in Texas? Yeah, I, I believe it is. I, I haven't fully looked at it, but I've had people say it to me that that's that that's the thing that you're not allowed to conceal your identity and conceal a weapon at the same time. So I thought that was interesting. So. You know, as you're carrying your your license concealed weapon, like, sir, I need you to wear a mask. I, I can't wear a mask and conceal my weapon at the same time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what? <funny>. What? <laughs> so the other uh, the next part of the story on the other side of the country, the Middle Eastern restaurant Little Sesame in downtown Washington, D.C. There was also a sign greeting visitors. No mask, no hummus. That sign declares. Culture wars have a, and that I think that's a lot more common, right? <clears throat> Still, businesses setting a higher standard than they legally have to for masks. So, culture wars have a funny way of sneaking up on America. The NRA was once a sedate club of gun enthusiasts. Some conservative Christians initially supported the 1973 Supreme Court decision in Roe v. Wade, which made abortion legal nationwide. 18 months ago, it would have been difficult to imagine that a strip of fabric was about to become the most contentious topic of public discourse, the stuff of presidential politics and Saturday Night Live sketches, that some people would burn masks in protest while others wore $465 silken face coverings from the Beverly Hills boutique House of Dijon. Yet here we are. Fiddlehead's owner Chris Castleman told Yahoo News that a recent count of passersby yielded a 90% rate of masking outdoors. That's this is Mendocino, California. And from our recent experience, Joe, like we've been traveling the country. Um, we were most recently in Austin, Texas. What would you say the rate of wearing masks outdoors in Austin is? Outdoors? I, 
2% of the people outdoors. I, well, I like walking around in a retail area, in a, like in, in past restaurants or around a strip mall. 30% maybe, maybe. Oh, but outside, probably like, I, I wouldn't say two. I, if you say like outside in Austin, you see people walking around the countryside, it's going to be like, yeah, one or two percent. Right. But I think like in, in the, the urban area of Austin, probably, you know, five to 10 percent. Mendocino, California, 90 percent. And you got a data point on that? Yeah, well, I've I travel a lot with work. Uh, Texas, I'd say you're probably spot on. It's probably less than 10 percent that are wearing masks. Uh, southeastern New like Mexico. Proactively are- outside kind of on your own, just wander around in public places where you're walking yeah, past people on the sidewalk. Yeah, it's it's very, insignificant, very right? And then Southeastern New Mexico is the same way. There's not a whole lot of people wearing masks. I, A lot of the store clerks even aren't even wearing masks anymore in New Mexico. And I believe New Mexico still has a mask mandate in place. Um, and, you know, most places in New Mexico that I've been, uh, I haven't seen anybody wearing masks. So... But now indoors still, like in oh, uh, even indoors. I haven't seen anybody wearing masks indoors either. Really, I thought it's New very... Mexico went kind of. Uh, I mean, New Mexico is a weird animal, being well, liberal. Santa Fe liberal. and Albuquerque is is really blue, but right. for the most part, like ninety percent of New Mexico is really red. It's just like Albuquerque and Santa Fe is blue, and it and that's still consists like, of most of the population. population. Yeah. Yeah. So where did we see the most masks recently? I mean, California is still, you know, and, and this is where you go. This is not an intelligence thing. This is not a health thing. This has become a really weird political, cultural thing. And I, when we were in the airport, so Joey and I, we have, so we have data points from Vegas and, and Austin here recently. And in Vegas, they're totally casual about it now. They so remember Joey when we were there like a few weeks ago, we were being seriously asked by security to mask around the casino floor and walking around. Not anymore. Right now, it's like well we encourage it, but we're not going to give anybody a hard time about it. And I thought Vegas Airport even was the same way. I was I was we were in a hurry. We're no we weren't were we in a hurry coming out of Vegas? A little bit. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And so, well, we only got, we, we only got asked that one time when we went to the store, they said, are you vaccinated? And yes. And walked in. But- yeah. Retail in Vegas is, is really, is totally chill. Um, I mean, w- but California, okay. this guy is, is like the massive standout Chris Castleman with fiddleheads. Yes. Sir? Nevada are- recently commanded. It says no masks are required. So but there are a lot of places where masks aren't required and that businesses or staff are doing. Well, for example, in airports, they say masks are required federal guidelines. And it's like, that's that's a lie in and of itself. It's required if you don't meet medical exemptions. And then they, they do blanket enforce it in a way that's above and beyond what's the law. And that's okay. what's interesting. And that's this is this is the point, Joey, of why I want to have this conversation today is that what we're experiencing is the transition from a massive government mandate legal thing to what's really motivated more by a culture war kind of thing 
even where it's still on the books. Like, why is it still on the books in California? Because the culture supports it. And the, and, and the government saying it's still mandated in place isn't really making much of a difference. Not mandated in Vegas. Well, today. Except, but these rules go on to say that, <clears throat> that businesses that fail to meet requirements will face violations from licensing agencies. So it looks like there's still mandates on the businesses. To wear a mask. When That's I bought my placebo mask, and sanitation process. When right? I bought my placebo mask in Vegas, all masks are placebo. The guy, masks. well, my, my <laughs> super, my super mesh mask for our our listeners. Uh, no, when I bought my mesh mask in Vegas, the guy who sold it to me at the hustler store there said that he laughed. He said, "I'm I'm not even allowed to let you walk in the store with this." I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, he said, "Yeah, we sell them, so... but we are we have to turn people around." And we got in a conversation. End of the day. <laughs> They're getting charged ten thousand dollars per violation. Ooh. But you know, here's the thing about the mesh mask, the one that the one that Joey had, and it's it's a rhinestone mesh that if you get within a couple feet of her face while she's wearing it, you can go, wait, that's I see your skin through that, I see your lips and you're moving and stuff, and that's a mesh. Okay, and and she's been called out on it handful a handful of times. times. TSA, mm -hmm. the people who like think they have to be strict about standards and observant and, and at that level. And airlines, like, it was funny, I got called out on this trip for wearing a bandana instead of a new FDA or CDC guideline approved mask. And so they handed me one of the, you know, little medical masks and I tucked it underneath the bandana and pulled it up and then, you know. Yeah. But I was um, wearing my mesh mask right next to you and nobody and yeah, they didn't say So, but <laughs> the thing about the mesh mask is if someone is looking for an excuse to look the other way, you're giving it to them. They can say, oh, I didn't notice it looked like a mask. Whereas a bandana, if they say, you can't let people wear bandanas or neck gaiters, they have to be approved masks. And I mean, it's, it's, I don't even, I can't even get into how dumb this is today. Like I only have so much bandwidth for pointing out stupidity, right? But just because we've been over this. Like we've been over this for months and months. We've covered this and gone into the science about masks not working. That masks work for surgeon, not dropping bacteria droplets into open wounds. They work as a signaling device, but that's the thing is they don't work. They are counterproductive for large scale applications for health and for, uh, for mitigating viral transmission except in the limited case where as a signaling device, this is me saying, hey, I'm sick, be extra hygiene conscious around me. And that's what we found out from, from our friend in California who spent a lot of time in, in Asia, that that's where, that's how they use it. And that's the Asian use of masks when you see it. It's, people, it's not people protecting themselves or protecting you from them. It's a signaling device and when you overuse masks, you say everybody use masks, you ruin their only legitimate function as a signaling device. So healthy disrespect. What's this one, Ant? Says, uh, there's an interview with a guy. He asked him why he's still wearing a mask outside. He said he had anxiety without it. And people assume he was a Trump supporter. Wearing masks because ah, people think that he might be a Trump supporter if you don't. So this is this is where this is kind of where I'm one of the places I'm going with this in the article today is empathy for mask wearers. And 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 that's a big part of it. There are other reasons like that. It's be also become a security blanket for some people and a weird new standard of privacy 
for hiding your face. Like Mercedes has pointed out that she's pro-masks because now public anonymity is not a big deal. Something that used to be effectively a felony is at least if on the books, no longer effectively a felony that, you know, wearing a mask in public in California or with a firearm, you know, and I wonder if they prosecute that. But if you're, I would assume that like they make the, if it's a medical mask for preventing COVID-19, that's not an identity concealing mask, you know, that they would, they would, they would uh, argue it that way. Uh, Ed weighs in as YouTube, a psychic taxi on YouTube. When I dropped Eli in Vegas last week, we had breakfast by the airport, 200 people in that little place, and no one had a mask on super. Well, so that, except staff, uh, I, I'll because I, we have yet to see, well, ask for uh, restaurants, staff unmasked. Great seeing that. Um, have we seen unmasked? I mean, anybody retail? I the think dispensary, you know, the dispensary here isn't wearing masks anymore. SWC. And yeah, the girl's like, I've got them in our pocket. I think we're supposed to wear them, but nobody say anything. So it's just it's kind of going unspoken. Yeah, and and I don't want to. We we don't want to highlight SWC for anything that might be a liability for them. But I will. We will praise them for being having a great attitude about it the every time not a mask anymore. outside well yeah, that's outside, outside standing outside you know there's but you're dispensing medicine without you know oh. yeah and i i'm actually kind of in favor of the the spit guard sneeze guard plexiglass but we got a story about that today questioning their effectiveness so back to the story here 90 percent rate of mask wearing in uh, Mendocino, who he estimates that about one out of three drivers he sees driving past his restaurant is still wearing a mask. In their car. And as Castleman said, quote, it's a psychological thing. I don't think they will ever go away completely. And neither will the mask culture wars. That masks are sticking around is incontrovertible. The longer they stick around, the more likely they become part of the post-pandemic normal as opposed to merely a quirk of post-pandemic life. New York City's popular Shakespeare in the Park Festival will be back this year, but with a mask requirement in place, despite the fact that people sitting outdoors quietly are highly unlikely to spread the coronavirus. Yeah, we, I, I just, just side note here, I, there, it is kind of a good thing in this transition that we're identifying people's responses to COVID as just non-scientific. It's like you had an emotional response and you expressed that emotional response by wearing a mask. You were afraid, you wanted to hide your face. You, uh, you felt like there was a security blanket effect. You didn't want to be one of the rebellious ones. There are enough people who are just like, I can't, like I am vulnerable if I'm not in the middle of the herd as the world is right now. And, and that's the reason for not, they say, we, I would do everything to support the rebellious ones moving us in a different direction if they could, but they can't because of that pressure. Maybe they don't even see that. All right, what's this next comment you got, Ant? Says, uh, she went to the movies uh, Saturday and they told her that if you're not bad, wear a mask. Uh, she's not, she didn't wear it and no one asked her, but she would have said yes if, if they asked her. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that it's it's an it, there's another interesting split of integrity happening here, right? And I, it's it's 
it's escalating in a grotesque way. To me, the 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 violation of integrity fundamentally, the the, the lowering of the value, the the failure to properly value integrity in all of this is, is staggering. It, it's grotesque, and and uh, there is so much deception. People wear masks to go along to get along who don't believe in it. There's a kind of dishonesty in that. Whereas real honesty would be saying like, no, I, I'm not going to compare to at least like, I'm not even going to pretend if you ask me to do it here or it's going to make your job harder. Like at least, you know, th th there are people doing it proactively for, for sort of dishonest reasons. Like Joey, the couple we sat down next to before the flight out, you know, they were wearing their masks when we sat down next to them. The dude had his nose out. Woman, His wife had hers, you know, all the way up. We sit down, start chatting, and then they take them off. Yeah. When we start making fun of it. And they're like, yeah, we know it's all bullshit. And it was like, well, Why I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to be a dick to them because we're just being friendly to strangers at the airport. But part of me wanted to scream, well, then why were you wearing it when we sat down? Why are you contributing to the hysteria? And there's this weird incentive that's been created created for a lot of people that just as a as a virtue signaling device or a conflict avoidance device i mean government and the karens got all uppity and angsty about masks i mean joey got yelled at by a stranger at the airport the other day violently you know, like, like, like down the hallway like we're pat like we pass walking and i'm wearing my bandana around my neck she's not wearing anything and we pass like this and at the airport even in austin here's the thing it's a government building People are asked to do it at TSA, and then on the after that, there's no enforcement until you go into airline territory. And, and the airline people never yell at you outside of their little territory of the gate area and you know the right in front of the desk and on the airplane. So most people, even in Austin, like I mean, I was I was pretty conscious of this walking around the, the Austin, Texas airport. Not counting people sitting down and eating or drinking or doing something. How many people? We were like the only ones walking around without a mask, weren't we, Joey? And it's funny because we're not like the only ones breathing in the space. There and you know what? Nobody <coughs> freaked out, but that one lady. There, like, there were right. It, it, there were a handful of people, uh, unmasked walking out of out of thousands that we saw walking past we were two of like one percent and and when, when this woman walked past she didn't she started yelling after passing it was like young lady young lady young lady put your mask on young young you with the hat young lady with the hat on and then we just ignored her and that was it and like nobody else bothered us the whole time walking around the airports unmasked and it's this weird split still and it's like this this it, it it is a legitimate cultural battleground but i i hope that we the unmasked can stand on scientific grounds in making this case and say you now wearing masks are the emotional ones we are the rational ones can we do you think we have a chance of winning of making that case and is that is that way too optimistic? <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that uh, if you go look at what they actually wear, like at the CDC, at the research labs, they have full bio suits to protect them from COVID, but a little 
surgical masks is going to protect the general population. Yeah. You know? Well, the other thing is, I, I, it, 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 there is a, a, it's, I mean, compared to being abused, like, this is pretty subtle in terms of, like, what's the psychological impact. I'm, I'm sort of teasing out little dynamics here. I'm not trying to say that this is the overall, I mean, the real harm is the, I mean, what is the crime of the COVID conspiracy of conspiracies? It's an economic crime. It's a ripoff. It's the rich getting richer at the expense of the rest of us. There are a lot of other sub things and ripoffs, you know, at, at, at different levels. But one of the effects of the way this theft is being orchestrated is that it does have a traumatizing impact on the victims and it's the population as a whole. And so, again, you know, and so sympathy for, for the mask wearers now, people who are who have these are people who have given in to bullying. I have you sympathy know? for the kids who don't have fear. They're being raised to think that this is completely normal. Yeah. That's what terrifies me. Yeah, they're being triggered. They're being taught a fear response. Run around with their fun little masks. Like it's going to be like the, the new trapper keeper. Like who's got the coolest mask, right? Like it was, it was who's got the coolest binder when we were kids. Yeah. It's a crazy indoctrination that's going on right before our very eyes well the article gets to children next children don't generally contract or spread the coronavirus either but many will begin the 21 22 school year wearing masks for them in particular masking can become a regular habit even if some have maintained that making their children wear masks is a form of cruelty these are like even it's this is like mainstream understanding here this i'm not reading just so y'all know i'm not i'm not reading something this is yahoo news and it is a Na alexander nazarian national correspondent this is this guy's you know corporate mainstream media and i i, I don't know who he is before reading this story um but th th this is just understood that children don't generally contact or spread the virus either there is another irrefutable story coming out of this that it was old people fucking with young people or it was super rich people using old people to fuck with young people, maybe more accurately, right? Because it's, it's old people and obese people and we can judge those things separately, but old and, and people, who are, uh, people who are decrepit in the sense that their bodies are, are you know, it's, it's not... We look at this age thing, and uh, you know how you know how they did the um, with all the statistics. Everybody went went shark crazy, right? And they had like Corona deaths per per a you know decade age bracket, and it was like insignificant up to the fifties, and then sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. It creeps on goes way up. But you know what they should have done it as? They should have done it as by life expectancy. Yeah. It shouldn't have been how many years have you been alive? It should be how many years do you have left? I know six-year-olds are because, in the grave and six-year-olds that can run circles around. Because I would guarantee if you tease this analysis out of the 50, you know, the, the blip that was in the 50-year-old demographic and the insignificant part of the 60-year-old's demographic, it was people who really abused their bodies by eating shitty food or smoking cigarettes or sedentary lifestyles and or obesity or being overweight for extended periods of time. And it's like, just, just being overweight, just being 30 pounds overweight. If you're, if you, if you're that from 18 to 70, 
you're going to be a lot closer to death's door at 70 than if you had maintained a healthy weight that whole time. I mean, that's just an irrefutable reality of human life and how our bodies work. And this isn't about judgment. I mean, yes, we are judging reality. We are, we are judging reality objectively. This is not about passing judgment on individuals. And I have the utmost empathy. And I want to come at this from a perspective of empathy for people who I'm saying, yeah, you, you, you ate yourself to death or you, you made yourself vulnerable to COVID because you're, you're extremely overweight or you haven't taken care of yourself. And most people who are, you know, 80, 90 plus because they've been healthy and they've taken care of themselves are, are understand basic hygiene. That's, that's how you survive, you, you know, like, you, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, Hey, respect your elders. If you want to live to be a long time, you know, learn from them. They're survivors. So th this other dynamic that I, I hope comes out of this. And, and it's nice to be able to sort of talk calmly about it now. I feel like we're past the like, oh, shit, scramble, get to COVID, fight back. We're now at the like, finally, it's like it, it, there, there was this peak and it come down and it were this long tail now of of the whole phenomena if i if i had we we need to we need to clear the whiteboard and do do the whiteboard shot and i'll do the uh the flatten the curve of tyranny graph again like we started the show with a year and a half ago we we do need to revisit that but thinking about this curve of tyranny right covid was announced covid was introduced <laughs> you know covid was really what premiered COVID premiered, <laughs> debuted in the United States in, in March this year with two weeks to flatten the curve, right? And that was forced unemployment crisis, sudden, sudden increase in tyranny. And then it kind of leveled off and it's kind of come down in steps and in different areas in different ways, right? And it, it hasn't come, I don't know, has it, has it come halfway down? Are we halfway down now off? The sort of oh, peak hysteria of COVID. In general, maybe just like with the population, I, I, just with the businesses, just with the regular. Right, right. So, so, so over, all right, it's very subjective. So, I would say overall, like if we come, if we came up and you know, kind of leveled off, and then we've been coming down in steps. Maybe we're like a third of the way down the hill, and it's we're, we're in this like slow decline. But most of the damage, if you think about the, the economic ripoff, like that happened. That's already happened. You know, that was an event. It's boom, done. Like the money is moved. It's in other hands now. The super rich are super, super fucking richer. Um, so Ed, you want to get back to any of those comments there, Ann? Um, we're talking <clears> about, <throat> uh, you know, the, the kids, you know, I, I see if I can't find one. I, I posted one up there about the develop the kids that are developing. They need to be able to see your faces, to take facial cues, to learn social yeah norms yeah. and Something that's especially true when like me i have an autistic son that that's a very big part he's nonverbal, so a lot of his communication is through facial expressions because he's nonverbal. so when you're putting masks on people it makes it really hard for thank you for putting it up there it makes it really hard for people to you know develop naturally when you, they're looking at masks all the time yeah, and, and and this is in the category of things that I've I've sort of chalked up and put on the side of my whiteboard in my brain to say like this is in the category of the cure is worse than the disease and things that we won't be able to measure for years. 
Um, and I, and I think there was a there was a famine I think in Ukraine at some point related to a war um, in like the middle of the last century where they, they there was a period of starvation and they were able to show that women who were pregnant with babies in the second or third trimester during that time had a response to the starvation experience as fetuses that led them to be overweight later in life. So again, no judgment. You can't ever judge another individual based on their appearance or their lifestyle even. You don't know what they've experienced, what their genetics have been, how their genetics might have been fucked with. Their, I guess in the sense epigenetics, you might describe it, right, as the expression of the genes that, it, that are determined by the experience in the womb. So, I mean, I am blessed to, you know, my one major health thing is I have a weird immune system and, and, and just hyper hay fever allergies. But overall, I'm blessed to be like really fit and I enjoy working out and it's easy to, to keep my body in, in pretty peak fitness. And I have to be very careful to say like, because I know people who I do judge because I know in that case, you're just being fucking lazy and you're an asshole making bad decisions and trying to force them on the rest of society. And that's part of the bigger thing here. But, you know, I'm very hesitant to ever judge individuals for that and, and being empathetic. Maintaining that empathetic framing is so critical in all of this, especially if we see ourselves as champions of justice and wanting to serve people, not just be assholes who want to be right about things all the time. Um, so you want to read that one? Yeah, M22 on Oh, YouTube. absolutely. So this, this, this is another really good uh, point that M22 brings on. She says, I'm partially deaf, wearing hearing aids, but still need to read lips. It's so damn frustrating not being able to because of the stupid masks. So that's another thing. Mm -hmm oversight that they never considered as far as uh handicapped people that's part of the way they communicate just like i was talking about with my son he communicates with facial expressions the the, the, the their cure has been definitely worse than the disease especially for people yeah. that already have handicaps i didn't realize how much i depended on reading lips and i have no hearing problems there's no handicap with with my audible you know self but just looking at a but face naturally I, and watching like i'm watching you talk right now three feet in front of me like how many how many times do we look at somebody wearing a mask and yeah, ask them what what you know it's like yeah. you can't it's like you can't eat somebody as well with a mask and you can hear them but you're not processing because even people that aren't deaf use the the we read lips even people that aren't deaf to an extent yeah so there's this weird like you know, social dampening effect and and i i kind of want to hope maybe there's another positive dynamic out of this that if if it's the sycophants and the bootlickers and the people who are who have let themselves one way or another become victims of authoritarian bullying into compliance and they're more inclined to wear masks, okay, you guys get to be quiet for a while and the rest of us are going to come and have a little more voice in the conversation because we you know thanks to y'all we've been censored up until this point. So you want to muzzle yourself? Fine with me at this point, right? As long as, as long as I'm not, but the, even then I, 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 being empathetic, I don't want to say, well, I'm okay with you hurting yourself. No, I'm not yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not okay with you living in that as a fellow human being, not just because I'm empathetic and I love you and I want you to be, but as a, as a, as a selfish individual, my world is less vibrant when you suck, stop sucking, stop, stop, <laughs> stop licking boots, right? So uh, to the story, masks have been divisive from the start. And even though the pandemic appears to be nearing its end in much of the United States, 
Mask-related divisions remain as wide as ever. Those divisions could persist for months to come or even for years, given the tremendous passions these flimsy little objects have continued to excite. Uh, as Lucy, Dr. Lucy McBride, pediatrician in D.C., said, quote, because masks have been so politicized, I think the battle will be ongoing. For some people, masks symbolize oppression. For others, they signify the ability to control the uncontrollable. Now, that's, that's not quite it. <clears throat> yes, for those of us who understand, I mean, to me, it's not that they symbolize oppression, they symbolize surrender. You know, they symbolize, you know, a willingness to comply with something against your own interests for the sake of compliance. Uh, but sure, oppression, fine. <clears throat> but for people wearing masks, even if it's this, the ability to control the uncontrollable, see, you're being misled by false science into doing something that's bad for yourself in order to have this weird security blanket pacifier thing. And I, I think it's, it's more than that. And what I've seen for a lot of people is that it's a virtue signaling device. It's politeness. And I can't say that I'm immune to this because when I go to an airport, I have my bandana. I mean, I've done it without and I've pushed this and that's why I'm banned from flying on Delta Airlines now. So I've done my part here. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, when, I, when I go into the airport generally, um, I have a bandana around my neck. And for a large part of the pandemic, when people were genuinely personally afraid, that was what I did. And it was, it was it, I don't want to say it was virtue signaling, but it was courtesy signaling. And I wanted to signal like, hey, if you need, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll carry a mask. I will show you that I'm carrying it. You know, it's like the equivalent of wearing it around your ear almost to say like, look, I, I got it. I'm here. I'm playing along. Plus it's a good luck. You know, I look at the, the I bought like three different packages of masks in Colorado. And I have in my truck now, in my personal truck, I have three different boxes of masks, all different sizes, because we thought that the in Colorado, the whole mask thing was going to be a lot worse than it was based on everything that we looked up before we went. They were like, oh, strictly enforced, strictly enforced. We get there and nobody cared. Paper so tiger, right? Masks. <clears throat> paper yeah. Karen, excuse me. A paper Karen. He did this during mm -hmm. wartime with the bomb shelters. People were literally buying these sheds that aren't going to help you in hurricane-force winds as bomb shelters. Fallout shelters. Fallout yeah. shelters, yeah, yeah. And they felt totally safe. And we look at it, and any human being should be able to. So that's not that's not going to help you at all. All right, it's just not going to help. Yeah. You. All right. So yeah, there's there's uh, the thing with the vaccine is now they've convinced the government to buy fallout shelters for everybody. Yeah. The thing about the vaccine is for most people it's free. For well, I mean, how has anybody? I, I mean, I, I'd be curious. Does everybody in the audience like I know that I can get the vaccine for free through the VA, and they have been fucking pushing it. I get text messages and emails, and I can't imagine them calling because I'd fucking tell them off. That's why I don't take calls from strangers. Uh, you know, but uh, one more or bill collectors. Um, but the, uh, I, the the situation that most Americans find themselves in now is that it's being pushed on them. I, I think there were some people going to clinics and scrambling for a while and paying for it. But we have we are past that. And this is actually a beautiful measure of the the failure of the conspiracy of conspiracies behind this to really push it in an enduring way, right? They're talking about vaccine passports. 
I think that was them going to see how far they could reach. Like, how much can we get away with, like, kind of test balloon shit with the public? You know, like a lot of American uh, political stuff, uh, you know, has that effect. Or you can tell that they're doing that. I don't think they're ever going to really get away with vaccine passports. When Joey and I were asked at a restaurant, this is the thing about the, the, the integrity. Like, I have no, if you put a gun to my head, or it's like, hey, man, I just have to ask you this for, like, compliance purposes. I don't really care what you say. But if you say this, I have to ask you to leave and call security if you don't. But if you say this, you can say, yeah, I'm going to fucking lie to you. Yeah. You're asking me to Thank lie you. to you. Thank you know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to make your job harder. You're not going to make my life harder. We're cool. Neither of us are into this shit, but we're both acknowledging that we're facing these threats from, from outside about this. And they just said, are you vaccinated? Not, can I see your vaccine card? Or, you know, what? which vaccine? When did you get it? And I was like, yeah, we're, we just said we're vaccinated. I'm like, yeah, I was in the Marine. I'm super fucking vaccinated. I, I'm so vaccinated, I glow in the dark. Um, and, and yeah, there's a, by the way, there's a day in boot camp. You roll your sleeves up and you walk through a gauntlet and you go, take a step, needle in both shoulders. Boom, 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 boom. You take four steps, eight shots, and at the end of the line, you pull your pants down and get one in the ass. Uh, so... Masking did not immediately emerge as a culture war issue, but it is doubtless here to stay. Conservative media outlets have been criticizing Dr. Anthony Fauci for days because an email from February 2020 seemed to say have him saying that masks don't really work. Yeah, and he knew that. He's not allowed to say it. Yeah. Uh, the claim that Fauci knew masks were ineffective is false because it erases crucial context. Everyone was uncertain about what masks were for and who was supposed to wear them and where. Patrick was merely reflecting scientific opinion. Oh, so the science says he knows they don't work, but, you know, for social control and changing people's behavior and tricking them into being more or less hygienic, yeah, that's, then then we're seeing if they work or not. Um, yeah. Uh, so Fauci was merely reflecting scientific opinion. The uncertainty of the early days of the pandemic when the mask was forged as a symbol of either sound science and citizenship or on the other hand government overconfidence and overreach that wouldn't have been obvious in march 20 when lockdowns first went into effect it was until early april that new jersey governor phil murphy put in place the nation's first state level mask mandate by then the coronavirus had been spreading across the country for four months much of the early pandemic response had been marked by what has come to be deemed not very kindly Hygiene theater. And you know what? That that term, that's irrefutably part of this. No matter how much you, you want to say that the overall societal response to COVID was appropriate, there was a huge scope of absolutely inappropriate, counterproductive, and wasteful energy that went into, yes, hygiene theater. People thought the virus could be spread via services. They had been told that was how it spread, so they acted accordingly. Things were made touchless. By the way, yeah, uh, In-N-Out. We're, we're fans of In-N-Out. Uh, I get the vegetarian option, grilled cheese there usually. And we had a great time making fun of this on our way back from Vegas. That's I when forgot we got about yeah. And um, so you, you can, because I remember before they were like, well, what do you want for a drink? And I'm so used to now, you don't make your own fountain drinks. Yeah. Right. That's like I've been conditioned over the past year. Not that I'm a big fast food junkie, but I, I'll admit it between, you know, impossible Whoppers and grilled cheese and Taco Bell veggie burritos. I get fast food about once a week. 
that might be under underestimating I, a little bit, yeah, but not too much. What one meal a week, fast food? I think I'm okay with that. And I and I get pretty healthy options when I go. Never soda, never corn syrup. That's the worst part of fast food, by the way. Um, but so I I like ordered my drink. I was like, yes, I'll have an Arnold Palmer uh, with the zero sugar lemonade. And she's like, <laughs> one large drink. And she didn't look at me like that because the in and out, the people people that are awesome, they treat their employees well enough that they enjoy working there. You know, I mean, compared to most fast food places, at least uh, you can tell. Right, yeah, Joey. Totally. I mean, I've I've never worked fast food, but I've worked food service. I've worked fast food. I did a bar and and I was a server in a restaurant as part of that job. I worked fast food very very yeah. briefly, kind of gas station. But yeah, you, you it's sheets, right? You did sheets. sheets. Yeah, it's it really cool. It's which like is great. I have fun at that yeah. job. Yeah, I was getting minimum wage, and I still like I still have fun going in. So you have a sense you know, that In and Outs are like that probably too, right? so. Whereas Burger King. Eh, most oh, people don't enjoy working in Burke. Taco Bell, meh. And those are the those are the only three fast food joints that I that I frequent. And I, I can tell the difference. Even Dutch Bros. And how they, yeah, that Dutch culture, Bros. That employee culture, they take they care take of They take care, and, and that's the customer experience they're providing. All right, what's what this one from Two Days Take on YouTube, man? It says, uh, hippos will protect people from asking about your health. People need to challenge their employers, even those in the med field that are forced to do what they don't want to do ridiculous it's funny because they actually had changed the wording and how uh, HIPAA and the Abilities Act all that stuff applies and just to COVID if you look back I, I want to say it was October or November of last year they changed the wording that basically you're not exempt on HIPAA from COVID like it's the only yeah, thing on there yeah. that literally specifically names COVID yeah no it's this is like me when I was trying to get on the Delta flight claiming medical exemption, shouldn't wear a mask. I said, no, you have to come talk to our doctors and justify it. And it's like, pretty sure I don't, but I'm not going to let you make me miss my flight. So fuck it. I, you know, whatever. Um, but the, I didn't even get to the best point with the, the in and out story because at in and out, oh, yeah. they now have touchless soda dispensers. So it's, it's, it's uh, instead of a button, you put your drink under it and you press a button. Instead, you put your finger in between two little knobs sticking out and run your finger in between it. And like, it blocks the light and triggers the, the fountain to drink to dispense. Right. The hilarious thing about this is on the same machine, you have to touch the thing for <laughs> ice and right next to it, you have to touch for lemonade and iced tea and you just like almost there almost, so almost there. there almost there it's 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 it there's a there's a, a, a seeming complete divorce from science and all this so that's why i was triggered when i read this in the story things were made touchless yes they were <laughs> okay and this is after you touch a door handle they don't have like I, and by the way i i'm a fan of automatic doors i'm Big fan. Automatic. Any automatic doors out there? I love your work. It's yeah. That to me, what's that? So they handed you your cup, though, right? That wasn't. Yeah, they handed handed you your cup. cup. Yeah, they're not wearing gloves at the register. (laughs) You know, you know. So we're not touching here, but we're and 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 like I, I'm kind of like I before. COVID, I was more germaphobe than most. Now I'm like, shit, y'all are going too far. But like door handles at gas stations. If if I'm wearing long sleeves, 
I might, you know, do a little this thing or like I'll use my pinky or the, the one thing I do a lot that's easy to minimize that is like I use the back of my hand to push a door open in the middle of, on the frame or the middle of it. So I'm not like touching forearm. the handle instead of the handle or forearm or yeah. the elbow bump kind of, you know, it's like it's that. I like the bathroom right? doors with the foot. Yeah, the, the clean foot. escape. Yeah. Well, you can open the, you can open the door. Well, the bathroom doors should just open out. Anyway. They make those little hooks. I've seen somebody walk around with those little hooks that they hook onto the door handle. Yes. And they, yes. No, and I almost bought one for my phone case. There, so, like, I have this dorky little phone ring, and I and I love this, that I can put my finger through to hold my phone. If you've never tried those, it's worth it. It's got a stand built in. And I saw one that had a hook built in so you could open doors without touching handles. And it's like, I get that. I get that. I see, you know, I sympathize. Um, but when it's, I'm paying more for food, because y'all are responding some knee-jerk corporate bullshit to the Karens and oh we have touchless drink dispensers. Sort of. Kinda. I'm like, uh, and, and it's it, again, it's not just about me, but there are people for whom increased food prices are a serious encumbrance big, big. right now. Um, so we're going to get to that with our, uh, our, our, our block as well. And have you seen anything funny and like touchless bullshit? No, we're, <laughs> no, we're pretty much going through all the, all the, the, the comments that I really think are irrelevant. I mean, yeah. yeah all right. So I, I want to wrap up this mass story. Page. Yeah. I want this, this mass, the culture war. Um, it, it, I, I want to finish this within the hour and get to some other headline. But uh, so jumping ahead in the story, all great cultural war issues are psychological as much as they are political. They fire up the moral imagination, turning otherwise ordinary people into fierce partisans, nor is the magnitude of those passions necessarily tied to real world developments and trends. The nation's abortion rate has been dropping for years, but few cultural issues so readily animate conservatives and progressives alike. Dr. Monica Gandhi, an infectious disease expert at University of California, San Francisco, told Yahoo that she thinks masks will stick around in some form for a long time, perhaps the next two years. Excuse me, they won't be mandated again, she said. But that could only exacerbate matters, pitting people who want to keep wearing masks against those who see them as a pointless virtue signal. Heavy-handed though they may have been, government mandates took pressure off individuals. And, and so th there's one other point I want to make for any libertarians in the audience who might be, you know, chomping at the bit like I am to like, why can't we just figure out this Rubik's cube and ah, boom, now we figured it out and we have a voluntary society. It, there is a culture war there. And, and, and I, I, I hesitate to call it that because it's not the most important way of looking at it for libertarians or for people who want a voluntary society or to move humanity forward, even if you're if you don't share this particular ideology, even that there is a psych there's there are deep, deep, deep psychological attachments to whatever the status quo is, to the current system, to the establishment, to that which feeds people. There not there is that emotional attachment to the logistical attachment of hey. We depend on this system right now for paychecks and for food. And if you if you threaten that, I am deeply I am going to respond out of fear. 
And that is, I think, the ultimate empathy for the statists and 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 the passive bootlickers that we need to keep in mind. Uh, now that the mandates are gone or going, individuals have to negotiate the fraught dynamic of wearing or not wearing a mask as the exchange between the two swim dads in Rockville show. The irony is that 63.5% of Americans over the age of 18 in the United States are vaccinated among the highest rates in the world. Critics of masking have wondered why some of the same people who are eager to see the vaccine distributor are also eager to keep wearing masks. Castleman, the Mendocino restaurant owner, back to him, quote, they claim to be pro-science, but when the science informs them of something different than what they believe, they don't want to adjust. That is that is a really important dynamic to keep in mind here because there's, there, there was a huge desire to be afraid, to a huge desire to put on a simple virtue signaling visible thing that made you feel like you were part of a collective effort and you were one of the good guys standing with the authorities against the rebels threatening the very foundations of civilization. Like that's, they don't articulate it this way because if they could, they wouldn't feel this way if they could think their way through it. So uh, they, in this case, are all the people in his community who had installed lawn signs about how science is real and facts matter. When the science on outdoor transmission came in, some of them decided the science wasn't quite real enough just yet. Yes, continuing to wear a mask may defy science, but it also defies those who never took science seriously in the first place or those who demonized masks from the very start. Keeping the mask on can serve as a recognition that we've been through something dark and serious something that no amount of summertime hedonism is going to efface. And uh, recently tweeted the NPR culture critic, Linda Holmes, I'll wear them as long as I want. True of masks, true of my oldest shirts. Okay. Except that you're not a creep for wearing an old t-shirt. You're not doing something compromising your health by wearing, unless it's like, unless it's dirty really and not wise, like mouth shit and stuff like that. Um, you're not rubbing your face in it. You're not being creepy hiding your face in public. You're not contributing to hysteria that is driving up suicides, depression, economic hardship, and traumatizing children. And that's the thing is that a lot of people now are being exposed as those who don't care about those things, who put their own petty emotional expressions and virtue signaling above science in consideration for others. And, and, and I hope the shift of the narrative properly holds them to account, although I don't think it's going to happen overnight. This is going to take a long time. Buckle up, people. What is, let us take the gift of what has been exposed to us by this COVID hysteria as an opportunity to better understand the mind of the status and liberate them from their own fallacies. Healthy disrespect, always great comments. Sarcasm protects you just as well as a mask. Yeah, so like I, I started this on, on this recent trip when I was doing the minimal mask wearing through the airport. Like, um, I, so a couple times I was wearing the bandana with the mask underneath 
and a flight attendant would come up to me and say, sir, you're not allowed to wear that, that you have to wear a proper mask. And I'd have to take it off and show her my nose and mouth like a dangerous criminal to show her that I'm in compliance with the mask policy. And, uh, you know, I, I would lean in and be like, you know, technically, according to those guidelines you're enforcing, because of my allergies, I'm not supposed to wear a mask anyway, but you know what, I don't want to make your job difficult. And, and just at least get them thinking. But I think we're getting, I, I would hope that we can, sh like I have been in some ways short-sighted in my focus on arguing about immediate policy. And this is always a great opportunity missed by libertarians in getting to the root of the matter. We should not be arguing whether or not masks work. Do you have the right to force someone on someone else's body because of a hypothetical health threat on their property or in somewhere you don't own? No, you don't. Do you have a right to force someone to get a vaccine to use public services? No. Hypothetically, as a libertarian, you know, I have to say that you have the right to enforce whatever you want with your own business with private property, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about government mandates, stealing from the general population to incentivize policy that feeds into this conspiracy of conspiracies. So Twitter's both an echo chamber and a gladiator pen, but the reactions to her tweet were nevertheless telling. As writer Jen A. Miller responded, I can't imagine getting on the subway without one ever again. Some people have been so deeply scarred by this and what's revealing is not the mask. like i don't care i'm more like about you've been scared into wearing a mask forever okay what this reveals though is how people have been scared into paying taxes complying with regulation bowing down to the police state in so many ways and there's a deep so instead of you know argue instead of even looking at how do we get people to stop wearing masks? How do we get people to stop being afraid? I think that's a much more productive question. Mike Freeman on YouTube, walking into a bank while concealed carrying with a mask on. Um, huh? Yeah, right. That's the norm now. Although, no, I think, I think you still can't. I think, and, and I would like, so I used to open carry and I'm pretty sure I never walked into a bank open carry. Like the assumption one is that they have their own sufficient security and they have a special security space. I don't need to carry a gun into a bank, right? And it's not worth freaking people out and possibly getting shot by a trigger happy security guard <laughs> to carry a gun into a bank. Um, but yeah, all right. Let's, uh, so wrapping up this story, just three paragraphs left. Liberals don't want to forget the pandemic because they don't want to forget all the racial and economic inequalities it exposed. The politicians it showed to be selfish or foolish. The institutions it revealed to be broken. Well, shit, I don't want to forget any of those things either, and I'm not a liberal. Um, yeah, a recent column for Vice, the news outlet popular among millennials, argued that people were still wearing masks because they were traumatized. Yeah. That's precisely the sentiment that infuriates conservatives who think the harms of the pandemic have been overstated. That's not to say they don't believe that the pandemic was real or that it killed thousands of people. Rather, they argue that the economic and psychological effects of locking up were too great. The fervor of Tucker Carlson's anti-mask diatribe in late April was a sign of just how deeply masks are associated with the caution-first approach to the pandemic, 
and just how deeply that approach bothers some. It could take years to fully litigate the pandemic from its many cultural and political angles. The wounds of cultural grievance run deep on both sides, and they are likely to remain even after businesses pull down mask-related flyers once and for all. So many teachable moments, and yet so many people unwilling to learn. And any 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 more thoughts on this or critical comments before I move on to the actual uh, news headlines about where we are with COVID for our block today? And, <coughs> you know, uh, the whole world today seems like we're going to just go progressively more towards control versus freedom and i just i just implore everybody else like you said you know that that couple you sat beside they say oh we know it's bullshit if you know it's bullshit fucking stop let's that's not the, the ultimate troll is the united states government right we always talk about not feeding the trolls on here but the ultimate troll is the united states government and the control they have on us so let's not feed the trolls let's let's be a free america right on all right tell us again what the comment contest is and so comment contest is going to be the best job to have uh that doesn't require a mask or a vaccine we had one uh i posted up there uh i think it was dw vincent said uh, a lighthouse keeper i actually really like that one uh just so if there's a job that you guys can think of that won't require you a vaccine or a fucking mask, then I want to I, I want to hear it. Let's let's get some ideas that way. Like for people like me, that maybe I want to go be a lighthouse keeper now. If I don't yeah, have I'm, to wear a mask or be vaccinated, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure uh, lighthouse jobs are in short supply in America these days. Uh, just if I had to guess, probably not practically in reach for most Americans. But I'm thinking, I, there, there's the obvious answer, work from home and, you know, be a homesteader or, or, you know, work remotely some way, you know, and, and there, obviously there's nothing out here we're requiring masks for. But um, I'm, I'm thinking like, work oh, you can work, yeah, come work in Gardenia. You'd be the prime minister of, you'd work for the government of Gardenia. We have wow. the only government jobs that don't require mask mandates. And by the way, we can say that we are in America and we are out of America, both at the same time, because geographically we are inside America. Legally, as a sovereign nation, we will be outside of America. We so, don't drug test um, Yeah, no drug tests. No, we will take. We will give you a drug test. You have to know enough about drugs and you have to smoke weed with us probably to get a job out here. <laughs> we to, we, we're going we're gonna to let us test the drugs, right? That's the drug yeah. test we get to test Yeah, no, drugs. you have to help us do drug tests. You have to test samples that we get uh, here, duh. Yeah, you have to help us with the drug tests like as, as an ongoing thing. Um, do, you, do you mind getting this for me, dear? Um, that's so, a that's a good segue for some COVID vitamins, right? Well, well, hold on, because I'm, I'm thinking about um, the, the like selling vegetables on the side of the road or selling fruit or flowers on the side of the road. You probably can't even do that without wearing a mask, and it's it's dumb. I'm not saying like you can't, but because FDA. The, I'm saying the lady no. selling bullets by the side of the post office. It doesn't wear a mask. Well, yeah, there's there's one. No, but I'm I'm thinking like, if yeah, that's Ashford. We could be her. Um, her job. No, but I'm I'm thinking like if you're selling fruit on the side of the road in California, 
Probably you got to wear a mask, not because of regulations or enforcement, but because you will sell more if you do. If you don't wear a mask, even in, in a lot of those dumb jobs, even in a lot of like those just entrepreneurial customer service things, especially if it's, oh, did you cough on my oranges? Did you cough on my flowers? Isn't that a crazy thing that people wear masks now, not because of any implied safety, but just because if you wear a mask, people assume that you're on their side if they also are maskers you know you, you you're not doing it because you feel safer you're doing it to appease the populace so sorry for the rough start on today's show but i hope everybody appreciates the importance of, of this conversation this really is what i meant to do with the show today of of taking the time and having a more discussion or you know conversation around the mask culture war because that's what this has become now it's economic fallout and a mass culture war like the, the, these are the most well and the vaccines and uh we'll get to that so i i mean after all this there is a whole lot of oh shit, yeah that's where the average american is psychologically and emotionally right now and i mean i don't just mean like right now traumatized post-covid and yeah like no matter where you were like this has been a traumatizing experience i'll say even for me in the sense that, like, I mean, I, I'd say I, I'm rational enough about it to be immune to the emotional, you know, trauma. Of, this isn't really trauma for me. But, like, I get, like, I was touring, and then it was shut down, you know. And I've been isolated in, in some ways. And I have to go out into the world and see people with masks. And I've had legal consequences. And I've had family consequences and issues with this. You know, it's not like I have not been affected by that. And I imagine that a lot of the snowflakes in america would be traumatized by my experience but for most americans their experience is a lot worse than mine because they're not in the unique situation of being homesteaded living off-grid having off-grid income etc cetera, etc cetera. and if you lost your job or you'd say, like all the shit that i describe as oh yeah that was bad for me way worse for probably the average american over the last year and a half that's like legit fucking and there's a lot of it that like if i had to experience that not because i'm tougher mentally or i've been through shit or I, but like yeah losing my job if i was dependent on it no matter what that's a traumatizing event yeah. that's going to keep you up at night it's going to give you you know stomach pains that's going to cause a stress response there's you know unless you're fucking buddha working at burger king and then you get fired you're going to have a stress response to getting fired from burger king you know, like there's there's no way around it. And for, for a lot of people, it's not even getting fired. It's just this. Now you don't have a job. It's yet changed. Is this, changed is this because because, oh, we're we're shut down for we don't know how long and you don't have a job, but your bills are still coming. I lost friends over it. Yeah, crazy. People who lost and even like a lot of us who took it pretty well ourselves. Yeah, have had that sort of losing friends. I mean, Nick Sarwark went total nuts. So on on COVID and we're not as friendly as we used to be <laughs> good good lp inside joke there right <laughs> so with all of this uh, i feel like it's finally time i really do need some covid vitamins and to uh formally do it dispense with some misleading medical advice <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs>
Okay, so this is so wait, wait, Joey's showing me something. On I, Facebook, I, you're posting today's show. And, and Facebook says you can mark it as mark as COVID nineteen update. Why? Because because oh, we have COVID. I'm not going to click it. That. It's Let's a trap. No, we're going to get banned. That's going to it's trap. It's trap. No, but we're updating people on COVID now. We're part of the official information. They're inviting us to be. Let's not. Or you want to push it? <laughs> That's COVID-19 update. Okay, <laughs> we have a lot of headlines to get through. Not a lot of time now. WSJWallStreetJournal.com. What is your microbiome, a wellness trend taking on post-COVID urgency? Probiotics aren't just good for your gut. How hyping good bacteria can boost immunity and protect your skin. And now I know this is like a weird thing for me to get judgy and it's going to sound like fat shaming, but it's really just acknowledging the state of how Americans are regarding our health overall and how many Americans are unhealthy, overweight. The the picture in the story, Jim, you're like, this is a dumb icon drawing of a woman laying on her side, but it's, she looks like one of like, like a plus size, her arms are really like on her, her torso stick. I, this is a, a weird psychological analysis, but why do they put a, a picture like this here? Mixture of healthy and not in an icon form, woman lying on her side. Let's not offend anybody. And one of the, and, and I'm not afraid to offend people. If you haven't noticed, you know, when I see this, a wellness trend taking on post COVID urgency, how about not being fat? How about not being unhealthy overall? How about just maintaining a healthy immune system conscientiously as part of your health and fitness routine? No, no, we don't want you to do that. We want you to, you know, uh, how's your, how, what is your microbiome? Let's let let's let's analyze that and sell you some shit you don't need. Like, cause taking care of the human body, you know, basic health maintenance is not complicated. It's really not. Like, eat mostly whole, healthy, whole food in. You know, variety. I, I, yeah, I know I'm oversimplifying shit, but like, stay active. Don't like. Is it hard to not get fat? No, but it's a choice for most people. And and this is this is where I I will sort of you know cross that line into shaming. But what I'm gonna do is bad choice shaming. It's not fat shaming. Just for a lot of people, it's out of their control. Or hey, you know what? You're about to die and you wanted to get from, from, from cancer and you, you always wanted to pig out and now you don't care about getting fat. There's no consequence for you. You're going to enjoy your last few months and get fat. Fucking have at it. We have yeah. to have empathy for the right? people who were never taught nutrition, though, because they don't do that Abs anymore. But, but even for adults, for adults. We have the internet now. In the age of the kids. internet, to be overweight in modern America, no matter what your economic situation uh, if there's no health consideration, again, I'm not, I don't want to shame anybody for being fat, but I will say choosing to be unhealthily overweight as a lifestyle is a really bad choice. I understand it's, it's management of, but you know what, whatever challenges you face, even management of emotion, I think most people who, who deal with being overweight are dealing with some kind of uh, abuse response, fear response, trauma response. But even then, not dealing with that is a choice. And that might be the more important one. CNN classified report with early support for lab leak theory reemerges as 
focal point for lawmakers digging into COVID-19 origins. Yeah, a classified report drafted last year warning that the COVID-19 pandemic might have leaked from a lab in Wuhan has reemerged as a focal point with lawmakers seeking to revive the search for answers. Yeah, the report, which was issued by researchers at the government-backed Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in May 2020, yeah, over a year ago, found that it was possible the coronavirus escaped from a lab in Wuhan, according to four people familiar with the document at a time when that line of inquiry was considered politically taboo. And Trump got bullied out of making that a thing. But he might get another big I told you so out of this, right? Still yet to be decisively determined. And I kind of stayed away from it because, like, I, I don't really care where it came from. And right now it's just rabbit holes you could jump down. But now that like it's credible mainstream coming out, like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come to a, at least an under an understanding on this. And it might be a dead end. And I hope that it doesn't go that way, but I would be okay with that if there is a social investigation and together we say we don't know the origin of this thing. Like it, it really doesn't matter that much to me. But I hope we get to like a decisive end of it one way or another to say, yeah, we can say it probably is of natural origin, or we can say, yeah, we're pretty sure it came from a lab, or we confirmed that it came from a lab. Yeah. So Crane's New York business, cranesnewyork.com, plexiglasses everywhere with no proof it's keeping COVID at bay. And I, I got there because there's some places where it's always been a thing to have glass and a slot or just complete separation between people doing retail and customers. It's a buffet. Buffet, sneeze guards. Right. And I'm sort of like that. That's that's the equivalent of a surgeon wearing a mask. Hey, if you're going to be over, if you're gonna stand over food yeah. and be walking or like, or, you know, yeah, don't sneeze on the food. Don't let something fall out of your face onto the food. That, that, that makes sense. Right. And so I think that there are some places where I wonder if I'm getting a false sense of security on this one. Sales of. But you got you to see there is a. Oh, we look at look at this, Joey, on screen. Jim has the picture of a musician on a stage performing behind plexiglass. We saw, this. we saw this at the little airport live music uh space in Austin airport. And it was like, are you fucking kidding me? Now I can understand plexiglass where you have a lot of faces coming in front of somebody else's face behind a counter over and over again during the day and possibly hostile public customers. You deal with the general public as a gas station attendee. You're going to deal with some crazy people. You might want a piece of plexiglass there. And I can't blame you for that. But you're on a stage. Out there. Like there is a. Because singing, you have to protect people from the singers on stage. They are they are projecting droplets. They're selling pods at outdoor festivals, remember? Plexiglass. You have to sit in pods of five. So. Well, when I when I talk about this as a conspiracy of conspiracies, I'm sure you could say and, and, and look at this and say there's a little conspiracy around selling shit like this to business owners. Right. Sales of plexiglass tripled to roughly seven hundred fifty million dollars in the U.S. after the pandemic. It is offices, schools, restaurants and retail stores sought protection from droplets that health authorities suspected were spreading the coronavirus. And for me as a homesteader who's like plexiglass could be really useful for food production. For alternative off-grid home construction, totally. You're driving up the price of plexiglass. Like, uh, fuck you. 
Um, but I would I would kind of hope that this stuff can be recycled at some point. Because at some point, there's there's like, and even if we go to like more plexiglass than there was in the past, at some point there's going to be a series of renovations or abandoning these things or, or you know, gas stations getting away from them, right? Like there was a reason, like, I, and I think about the gas station in Asheville where they've never done anything for COVID except put government mandated signs on the door and then they put up sneak, they, they put up plastic hanging sheets in front of the registers. And I go, well, did you just kind of want to do that anyway? Because like I would like if I was working at a gas station, I, I might want that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not in Ashford because it's almost all cool locals and tourists going through. It's not like you know crazy. Gas stations city have people. that already for a lot of places. Glass, though, like in city gas security. Station, that's different. That's it's like security, security, but it's security and hygiene. But now it's they have this. Yeah. So there is just one hit. Not a single study has shown that the clear plastic barriers actually stop the spread of the virus, said Joseph Allen of Harvard's Chan School of Public Health. We spent a lot of time and money focused on hygiene theater, said Allen, an indoor air researcher. The danger is that we didn't deploy the resources to address the real threat, which was airborne transmission, both real dollars, but also time and attention. The tide has turned. The problem is it took a year. And it, I mean, whoa. It, it, that we just like there isn't a common public understanding yet because there's been so much misinformation that a lot of people make a lot of money by keeping out there as misinformation that this there's a lot of profiteering there's been a lot of hygiene theater but the misinformation it, around how this virus is actually transmitted is it just airborne is it just air to air you have to you have to sneeze it or cough it and then you have to have uh, you know, a droplet or a virus particle hit a mucous membrane, but it's it's airborne and it floats in the air. Excuse me. In which case, masks are of negligible benefit in terms of limiting air projection, but of counter benefit when you talk about the impact and when we talk about practical benefit and overall negative effect because people now get a false sense of comfort. And even though you're breathing, if it's if it's truly airborne, this is where the the you breathe if you if you're breathing it out and it's airborne this is where like the vape pen breathe out through do we have any masks and can i do can i do one of these on the air like i mean i'll take some look here do it like this i'm looking for an excuse to take a hit of weed i think you don't need an excuse to take a hit of weed just take a hit of weed yeah, right through your shirt, way thicker than Right, that. and this is like, way this is a hoodie. Like, I'm breathing through a hoodie, and smoke particles are getting out, and it's way more air inhibition than any of these N95 masks. masks. And this is where the, like, well, the particle size of the virus, and it's a, it's a dumb argument. Like, we shouldn't be making, you know, we shouldn't really care about this, except now as, as commentators and observers looking at, like, how do we apply these principles and how do we live better? But here we go. For the first months of the COVID-19 pandemic, top health authorities pointed to larger droplets as the key transmission culprits, despite a chorus of protests from Allen and other researchers. Tinier floating droplets can also spread the virus, they warned me. Plastic shields can't stop its transmission. Not until last month did the WHO and US CDC fully affirm airborne transmission. Of course, there's so much money in delaying the truth. Plastic shielding has created a false sense of security, said building scientist 
Mara was a Tari, a pandemic task force member of the American Society of Heating Workers during air conditioning engineers. Now, the thing about that, it's interesting. Like, if that's true, like, and if we had a study that verified this, and it seems like the researchers are saying there are studies that back up what I'm about to say just indirectly, that because it's airborne and there are no studies that show that they work, it's that you're, you, it becomes in a cloud. You know, you walk into a room and whether you're wearing a mask or not, if you are breathing out the virus, it's now in the cloud, in, in the air and swirling. And if it, it, anybody who's breathing that air is going to have virus particles or actual individual virus cells now hitting their mucous membranes and exposing them and potentially causing, this is why like, I'm it's, it's very confident airflow, right? that's, if that's it, then it is a false sense of security. And this is where like, I know that if that's, if that, if that's the actual reality of how this virus can be spread and the other thing is, well, first they made you think heavy droplets and touch surfaces. And basically neither of those are really means of transmission in terms of actual, I guess if I pick my nose and wipe it on your face, you might get COVID from that. You know, like if, if I smear a booger on a door handle and then you grab it with your hand and then it contact, but that's harder. And see, this is how these viruses, they are respiratory viruses. You think about how they are designed evolutionarily to be successful. They don't want to depend on like booger to booger to mucous membrane transmission. I mean, so it's, it's pretty hard. Like this is why washing your hands is important. Like, as you, if, if, like, and I wipe my nose a lot. Like, I have, I'm a snotty kid. You know, this is like my allergies. I have a slow drip of this clear, clean snot out of my nose. It's not transmitting anything that I don't have in my system. I'm not, but it's on my hands. If you shake hands with me, and I haven't, like, and I wash my hands when no I'm around people a lot. No one's going to shake your hand now. Yeah, no one's ever going to shake my hand ever again, right? Yeah. Um, but that's, but most people are worse. Most people like, oh, totally. like touch other body parts and don't wash and go and shake and aren't high. Like, cause I'm hygiene conscious about this. And I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty careful about it. And I know what is the risk of me wiping my nose and touching a shared surface with someone insignificant and same thing backwards, because I don't, I don't like, if I go out and, and I'm shaking hands and touching shared surfaces, I don't touch my face until I've washed my hands. And I'm pretty good about that. I'll grab a tissue if I if I have to touch my nose, right, in those situations. And it's because in order for the, it's not that the virus can't be transmitted surface to surface. It's that it's not getting absorbed through your skin. In order for it to be surface to surface, it has to be live on the surface, like contained in some kind of body fluid to keep it alive more, longer than it takes to, to dry out or, or die naturally. And then you have to touch it. And then before you wash your hands or rub it off on something else, rub it into a mucous membrane, either your mouth and even your mouth is acid. But like, that's why contact transmission isn't really a thing. That's why breathing goobers. But see, now back to the, the, the plexiglass. <coughs> I wonder if you're if you're going to be face to face with hundreds or thousands of people in a day just talking. Maybe you want the for spittle, and that's a that's in general. A, but yeah, even then, what's like, the risk of spittle causing disease? Is nothing, spittle a, is, is spittle a significant 
vector for tra disease yeah. transmission as opposed to sharing airspace. It's just right. And is it sh if it's if if these plexiglass shields really don't work, it's really just for the ick factor and the false sense of security. I'm going to reference festivals, especially heavy metal concerts, where there are sweaty people spitting and probably vomiting all over, thousands of them, right? And and there's probably people in those crowds with colds, and the whole crowd never gets cold. It's not, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and it's just like I'm, I'm ninety plus. I would bet. I mean, I I'm not going to bet or guess, but I'm ninety percent certain that like Joey and I have been exposed to it in the air, especially probably in the early days when we were still touring together. Totally. And it was just like we're we were in a room, for sure. No doubt. No doubt with someone who was exhaling co particles but because we are by covert standards by covert standards we are extremely young and healthy and beautiful uh you know it was like yeah no problem you, you get exposed to viruses like this all the time so you know bad flu season it's not like everybody gets the flu right so zatari also said the researcher especially when we use it in offices or in school specifically plexiglass does not help if you have plexiglass you're still breathing the same shared air of another person so yeah that's it recent cdc research found that desk or table barriers in georgia elementary schools did not correlate with lower infection rates mask mandates and ventilation improvements did they confuse those two things it's not that mask mandates helped it's a ventilation but mask mandates ventilation. and ventilation totally those, yeah. those high-tech ventilation we should have those anyway everywhere. I mean, why wouldn't we if, if we're at that technology? Hey, did you know that I if I if I kick you in the balls and give you a million dollars, you'll be richer. So maybe kicking you in the balls could help you get richer. And it's like, no, no, nope. no, pretty sure those are no. Yeah. In an April study published by the journal Science suggested that desk shields might even slightly raise the risk of COVID-like symptoms in a pre-publication paper from Japan late last month linked plastic shielding with infections in a poorly ventilated office. Such studies raise the ironic possibility that when venues install too much plastic and thus impede ventilation, <laughs> they could be raising the very risk they're trying to reduce. We have become so just unmoored from science. It's like, it's scary. Cron.com uh, from the Washington Post, Su Yoon, why burnout won't go away even as life returns to normal. And here's just a quick empathy story for Marsha Howard. The Cheez-Its were a breaking point. At her son's first in-person school event this year, she realized she forgot to bring the class snack. I just broke down in the car and I started crying, she said. As a class parent, she was torn up about forgetting the crackers. It turns out everything has been overwhelming and there's no shaking it. Howard started a new job at the beginning of the pandemic, working as a creative operations director at a Fortune 500 company. Quote, I'm a black woman. Please don't ever quote me on that and take that out of context. I'm a black woman between the pandemic and everything that happened to George Floyd and the summer protests. I had that first wave of, oh gosh, I'm tired. I don't feel like I can do anything. I stay up all night looking at my phone and just really can't focus. Then the fall came around and it became clear many schools wouldn't fully reopen for in-person learning. As Howard said, I've never thought about quitting more. And I, I just, again, for those of us who, who are blessed, I think, with, with our more enlightened perspective on this, questioning authorities as a result of questioning authorities, uh, 
we really need to stay empathetic to those who don't have that. And, and right now, the benefit of question authority is an incredible amount of peace of mind and much greater mental health than the alternative. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, as she said in the last last quote in the story, I've just realized that I don't have to be there. I don't emotionally have to get there. I can take my time recovering from the past year and a half. I'm sitting with my feelings and it's still normal to be unable to focus. And uh, another thing mentioned in this story that's affecting a lot of people, the doom scrolling phenomenon of people just compulsively looking at news, scrolling through social media, trying to get more information to assuage their fears. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, now we have some medical malpractice perspective stories. Hospitals and medical study tested epilepsy drugs without telling patients. Oh, it's legal, but it might be ethically questionable. Yeah, good thing those stories are those 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 concepts are being separated in the stories. Uh, patients in prolonged life-threatening epileptic seizure seizures who came to emergency rooms at Grady Memorial Hospital or Children's Healthcare of Atlanta at Eggleston from 2015 to 2018 were placed in a medical study without their knowledge. The hospitals were among 58 sites nationwide that randomly assigned patients ages 2 to 94, one of three approved anticonvulsant drugs after the patients failed to respond to initial treatment. The goal is to learn which medication was best. And I have no problem with doing this, but not without telling people. There is, yeah, this is the, the just the reality of the modern medical industry. CNBC.com. Biogen faces tough questions over a $56,000 a year price of newly approved Alzheimer's drug. Biogen on Twitter faced tough questions from Wall Street analysts over the $56,000 annual cost of its newly approved Alzheimer's drug, Aduhelm. The biotech company's price for the drug is higher than the $10,000 to $25,000 some Wall Street analysts are expecting. Executives insist the price is responsible, noting the disease costs the U.S. billions of dollars each year. Um, lot if you want to get into this this is a drug you are going to be hearing more about cbsnews.com wisconsin pharmacist sentenced to three years in prison for tampering with covid19 vaccine doses yeah a little follow-up on that story we covered a while ago arcgis.com slash app slash blah 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 covid sick map um this is really interesting i kind of want to look into this more this is the world covid map and uh, you can you can look and see where the cases are in the United States and in Europe and Asia. Um, and you see, like in China, not a thing. Africa, not a thing. Australia, uh, where the lockdowns have been horrific, not really a thing. Um, and part of this is just population. Uh, but even Canada, not really a thing. There's something about how we as citizens of the empire have been uniquely exploited and the tests having been pushed on the American people with a lot of false positives, where in most countries they haven't been as thorough, they don't have the numbers to back it up. Um, otherwise, you would see this on more of an even population distribution. But what this reveals, I mean, part of this is they're trying to scare you with this. Oh, look, COVID all over the world, big red scary circles and blobs and charts and graphs and numbers and so on but uh don't be scared stick to the science directors blog.nh.gov how covid19 can lead to diabetes and i'm just like wait a second 
It says, along with uh, pneumonia, blood clots, and other serious health concerns caused by SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, some studies have also identified another troubling connection. Some people can develop diabetes after an acute COVID-19 infection. Remember, it's not just the old and those with decrepit immune systems, but very overweight people who are particularly susceptible to this virus. No shit. Like they are to all sorts of other health challenges, like diabetes. Oh my God, there's a link we can tease out of the data. Let's come up with a scary headline. Thank you, government funding. France24.com, COVID-19. France resumes indoor dining, launches health pass as next phase of easing lockdown begins. Meanwhile, scmp.com, coronavirus, this is Hong Kong. Coronavirus antibody test on arrival could be Hong Kong's next step in battle against variants. And it's kind of like, at least we're getting real with what we're capable of because you can have prick tests with near immediate results. So they are, they have confirmed imported COVID-19 infections. Although even there, ah, skeptical of when the government says we've, concern, we've confirmed something. Um, Center, I mean, I, here's the, the first subtitle on this one. Center for Health Protection, studying when new screening should be introduced. We'll try to avoid creating greater inconvenience. Yeah. Because that's what government is concerned about. Not being inconvenient. CNN.com. And I always love including these direct economic stories in with our COVID block. CNN Business. The perfect storm making everything you need more expensive. Steel, lumber, plastic and fuel, corn, soybeans, sugar, and sunflower oil. Hoises, horse, houses, cars. Hoises. Get on the hoises. Uh... Houses, cars, diapers, and toilet paper prices are rising almost everywhere you look. And I, I'm tempted as, as someone who owns this thing, this shipping container here. The shipping container we've got here cost me $3,400 five years ago. 40-foot tall boy delivered $3,400. I called the company. You know what they charge for the exact same thing now? $9,800. Good investment. Definitely good timing. But if it's just inflation, things are going to be hurting on a lot bigger scale for a lot of people. Covering this post-COVID, this, this, this COVID-driven inflation story, the big question for me is, are they going to be able to pull it back? Because there have been other, I mean, you think about the inflation of the 70s, you know, stagflation in the United States. It didn't threaten the dollar. It just took it to the next level of being devalued. Reason.com has this follow-up story on the subject. Insane lumber prices show how governments break economies. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you were wondering how governments break economies, if you if it wasn't enough to read history and you wanted a real-time example, uh, yeah, lockdowns, tariffs, and other market intervention, interventions made wood an expensive commodity. If, like me, you went to purchase lumber within the past few months for your garden shelves or other own projects, you found yourself paying through the nose for materials or else putting up the work in hopes of lower prices in the future. And this actually gets us to the next really cool story and something that's that's really relevant now for us here in Gardenia because um, when wood is so expensive, my preference is for thermal mass, for tire and, and mortar-based uh, buildings. But even then, 
the steel support required in that uh, for the roof structures, the way that I envision doing them, and for the, the cement itself, a lot of those things are subject to inflation. And so looking at alternatives now, looking to go with hempcrete is a really exciting alternative. So hempbuildmag.com. As lumber prices surge, hemp blocks get a closer look. Um, yeah, and then not going to get into this, but it will be in the notes again with all of our stories with the links at t.me slash Anna versus the man. I'm, this is a tab I didn't get to fully read today. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm saving this one. I'm coming back to that. Um, and that is our COVID block. So with that, a little more COVID vitamins. And for today, at least, no more misleading medical advice. <coughs> All right. Uh, we're going to get through what we can of our international blog. A lot of headlines we're not going to get to today, but that's okay. Again, you can find them at t.me slash Adam versus the man. But we start first with our crypto block with an international crypto story. Really big news. CNBC.com. El Salvador becomes first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender after passing law. El Salvador just became the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. Lawmakers in the Central American countries, Congress voted by a supermajority in favor of the Bitcoin law. Yeah. So where we go, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm not just um, super happy and excited for Bitcoin taking off with this and achieving a new level of functionality by becoming legal tender in a, in a, in a, in, in, you know, UN recognized country that's and and El Salvador is a small country, but it's not a tiny one. You know, they got a seat and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared, honestly, more like I'm cautiously, extremely optimistic in that, oh, we can crash the economy of El Salvador and blame it on them adopting Bitcoin. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that I'm scared of as a potential consequence of this. Protocol.com. Jack Dorsey triples down on Twitter uh, as, as he said uh, he would quit Twitter for crypto. Um, not worth really getting into, but another sign of the the uh, momentum of Bitcoin now. And it's it's when I see stuff like that. I know there are enough people that even if they do, even if they, the powers that be who run the big central banks and whatnot and pull the strings on the system, they go, fuck El Salvador for siding with Bitcoin, you're going down. And then they figure out a way to manipulate the you know mainstream media. There is enough hardcore momentum of dedicated individuals who control enough resources who will reinvest and will keep it going. So BloombergQuint.com, Bitcoin tax dodgers targeted in Denmark as old law gets a revamp. That's right. Den- Denmark <clears throat> is cracking down on crypto traders after finding that two thirds of local transactions made using Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies aren't properly taxed. 
The country's existing tax code, which is roughly a century old, isn't designed to deal with challenges posed by crypto assets. The Danish tax ministry said on Tuesday it cited a heightened risk of fraud as well as widespread errors in filings. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. Forgot to report that. Some drug war news. Exciting stuff here from KTVZ. Oregon Health Authority announces new section manager for psilocybin program. Yeah. The Oregon Health Authority's Public Health Division has a new section to oversee the state's new psilocybin services program and a new manager to lead it. Angie Albee, who has served as senior policy advisor for OHA Government Relations based in the External Relations Division since 2018, has been named manager for the psilocybin services section. Which sounds like they're going to be giving out mushrooms, but I kind of doubt that. The section created to develop and administer psilocybin services programs, I mean, that sounds like it could be there, help you quit mushrooms. Rumor has it that Oregon legalized the whole state for medicinal reasons, but what the bill said is that you have to be at the therapist's office when you do your mushrooms. So that's how it's working out. And it sounds like that's who they're appointing right now or who these people, they get to be in the room while you're tripping balls. And hopefully y'all get along because I don't know if you've ever been tripping in in the presence of somebody you're not too fond oh, of. Oh yeah, no, no, but I, uh, Joey, to be fair, like, so there is going to be a time right now. So I, I'll say like, I've done this before with people. And I, I've never like I've never grown mushrooms. I've never bought more than like an ounce or two. I think you know when I really wanted to hook up a big party, and I've trip sat for people who wanted to go through that experience. And right now, like I trust myself. I have an I have an undergraduate degree in psychology. After all. And I've experienced you know counseling veterans, and I'm familiar with with the you know with the psychedelic drugs that we're talking about and the experience. And I'm familiar with the range of things that can go wrong or that can give people a less than optimal experience and how to make sure people have an optimal experience. But I gladly admit that I'm an amateur. I'm actually very excited to see that that's going to become more codified. Now, what makes me uncomfortable is in a government approved setting. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, hey, now I have access to mushrooms reliably and I help people who come to my house have meaningful therapeutic sessions. And I live somewhere quiet in the woods or in, in, the, in the suburbs and you can come sit on my couch and I'll give you some shit and I'll give you a five minute spiel. And I'll go do, you know, go work on email while you're tripping on my couch and supervised. And like, maybe that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, but even for the more involved therapeutic experience for people who want, because for a lot of people, the therapeutic experience of psilocybin is meditative. It's not talk therapy. It's not engaged. It's not interactive but set setting context still critically important to having a good meditative therapeutic experience. If you've got distracting noises or someone who you're uncomfortable or suspicious with, you know, in front of you and they turn into a demon while you're tripping or, you know, there's, there's shit like that, that, that can go wrong. Um, but like MDMA by contrast or mm-hmm. cannabis are therapeutic aids that require talk therapy. You can't just like cannabis on its own, won't put you into an altered state of no. like therapeutic benefit. It, ha- it It's more symptom control that creates the space for talk therapy, yeah, exactly. just like MDMA, but the difference with MDMA where, whereas like cannabis is symptom control for anxiety, relaxation, creativity that assists and facilitates lubricates, I think, as they say with the popular status drugs, you know, if you will, for, for that experience, right? Whereas MDMA 
it's the same effect, but it also opens you up on a deeper level of receptiveness, but still needs, you can do MDMA and party and not get much therapeutic benefit out of it. But if you're in that open state, and then you add talk therapy, that talk therapy can have an extremely deep impact. So to this story, Ollie begins her work as section manager on June 1st. She said she's honored to lead the new program. She hopes will bring innovative therapies to Oregonians with mental health conditions. So it's it's sort of nothing yet where the government position overseeing it, but it's the government admitting, hey, you know, we got to make a channel for this at least. And she said, quote, I'm excited to help move the agency closer to our strategic plan goal of eliminating health inequities while creating safe, effective, and acceptable civil cyber services in Oregon. So Yahoo Finance next. Pharma Drugs Super Smart launches psilocybin online retail platform in the Netherlands. Still can't buy weed or still can't buy mushrooms yet online in the United States without going dark web and crypto. But in the Netherlands. Uh, Healthy disrespect on YouTube last time I tripped. Adam was around three years old. (laughs) 36 years ago. Uh, You might need a refresher, sir. Uh, yeah, Pharma Drug Inc., Pharma Drug or the company, a specialty pharmaceutical company focused on the research, development, and commercialization of controlled substances and natural medicines, such as psychedelics, cannabis, and naturally derived approved drugs, is pleased to announce that its super smart division has launched a Slim Winkle branded online retail platform in the Netherlands and Europe. Slim Winkle. Slim Winkle. The European Slim Winkle online store will sell psilocybin truffles as well as functional mushrooms in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yep. The website will also service other parts of Europe without the access to psilocybin truffles. Yeah. Yep. Management believes launching the online smart shop will enable the company to establish and build its brand while the brick and mortar strategy was put on hold until the end of the pandemic. The website was launched this morning with a domain name of slimwinkle.nl. And if you were wondering, back to platoon420.com and the United States, this fun headline. One million dollars worth of wheat destroyed from 34 farms in five days. More than 100 million dollars worth of cannabis was destroyed in a well-organized series of violent property invasions in Stanislaus County, California. The attacks played out between May 5th and June 4th, 2021, by groups of armed assailants fitting the description of Duncan Lemp's murderers. Yeah. Electricity was intentionally and maliciously shut off to 26 properties, and over 74,000 cannabis plants were destroyed from 34 area farms. In addition, 1,500 pounds of dried cannabis, 46 farms, and $170,000 in cash were taken from the scenes, and 83 people were kidnapped. Yeah. Arrested, they call it. Yeah. In the mainstream media. Yeah. Um, <sighs> a quote from the sheriff. Did you see that? We're... It, it's great because of the context of it. He's, he's saying how marijuana farmers are dangerous, uh, but he's absolutely describing what the police do to marijuana farmers So as long as we are celebrating entering the middle of the end of the war on drugs, don't forget the victims and support those who are still taking great risks to deliver federally illicit substances. Spoda B69, I wonder what the world would look like if it wasn't for the war on drugs. It would be literally 
a lot more colorful. All right, let's get uh, Ant back on screen. Um, check in on the co-host for our uh, comment contest. What do you got for us today, Ant? Hey, new set. Uh, I was having a little bit of connection issues. So, healthy disrespect. Uh, had one. Not a lot of people talking about the comment contest. Everyone's just kind of having their own side conversations and chat. But healthy disrespect, uh, I think, is going to win because he appeals to an inner fat kid. And he says uh, the best, <laughs> the best job for not having to wear a mask is a, a food tester. <laughs> 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 contest uh, uh janitors and any truck stop anywhere oh no i you know what janitors i feel fucking sorry for them holy shit i've seen this in airports and gas stations truck stops they gotta wear masks and uh i will say uh and great job keeping the comments coming today that you know especially in that longer segment there's been a lot of really good engagement today. So thank you to the audience for that. Uh, now, you're, now Joey's like, no, look at the trolls. You, no, you have to pop up uh, Mark Jason Walker's comment. And well, books yeah. on YouTube, best no mask job is blow jobber. <laughs> yeah. Glory yeah. Hole worker. Gigolo, glory hole worker. Glory <laughs> is that a glory hole worker? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. Wrong answers only. Wrong answers only. Good job, everybody. Wait, uh, does the guy... <laughs> And the other end of the glory hole have to be in a mask. <laughs> Are masks required at the glory hole? Yeah, if you're getting a blowjob, you still have to wear a mask. And but if you're a giving a blowjob, you. you have to wear a mask with a hole in it. Um, that's that's according to CDC guidelines. I think the the latest. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and any other uh, any, any final thoughts or or comments you want to share? No, I think uh, I think uh, I set the record for the longest time a co-host was uh, was on screen <laughs> <laughs> for a pre-COVID COVID block today about the mass culture wars. Congratulations, yeah. and thank you. Great job today. All right, let's get Jim to take us home with the producer notes before we get to the good news. What's going on? You should have extra time for the good news today, so that'll be fun. We'll see what that brings to us. Join oh. us. For all the links that we did not get to cover today, and there are plenty, you can see them at t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. That's so you can see what we were going to cover, what we planned on covering, what we will cover probably tomorrow or the next day or whenever we get to it. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man is where you can go to join the private producers club. Ten bucks a month will get you access to that, and it gets you uh, all kinds of perks there. That'll get you a link to the backstage of this show so you can watch and hang out with us if you wanted to. It also gets you 15% off and free shipping on anything, any merch that you purchase once the website is up and ready to go. Cigarfederation.com is an excellent website we send people to because they allow people to use promo code ADAM10 to get 10% off of their entire order of exotically flavored cigars. So definitely check out Cigarfederation.com. Uh, if you're on Instagram, you can search for at the Garden of Freedom. It's an excellent website. Uh, it's an excellent display of pictures and videos of everything going up there in Gardenia. TheCrypto6.com is the website for you to check out to help all the people that were raided, the Bitcoin church that was raided. Uh, so check out TheCrypto6.com, write to the people that are still being locked in cages. 
gogreenenergyonline.com is the best do-it-yourself website for anybody interested in learning more about solar panels, wind, uh, wind energy, self-sustaining off-grid livings type of stuff. gogreenenergyonline.com. Thank you very much. Peace out. Adam, I don't think you've seen it earlier. You were distracted. So real quick before we go, since we have an extra second, my sister made this for me today. It's Falcor. She painted a little oh, doggy of Falcor. Look how good she did on the eyes. That's crazy. Falcor, Falcor has his own his own doll now. His own, yeah, his oh, own statue. Action! Oh wait, no, that's 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 a Falcor action figure. Is that hand painted too? For an action figure, it has to move, right? It doesn't move. The head yeah, but no, no. Up. Even if it doesn't move, if it's a superhero in handheld plastic form, it's an action figure. It's porcelain. Oh, it's yeah. porcelain. Yeah, yeah. It's painted. Oh. she painted it. Yeah, porcelain. That's even yeah. cooler. She painted it herself too. She but didn't just go buy it for me. She, she actually painted it. So she did an excellent job as well. Nice. nice. All right. Thank you. For the good news on this day in history from goodnewsnetwork.org, it was on this day in 1931, the first rocket powered aircraft design was patented by Robert Goddard. Now, patenting, not good. Innovation, good. On this day in 1934, Donald Duck made his debut in the cartoon. Cartoon. <laughs> I have a weird misspeaking today. Like, just getting my vowels all wrong. Donald Duck made his debut in the cartoon The Wise Little Hen. My son's favorite. Mm. Um, does he know The Wise Little Hen, or is that? He probably does. That's like so retro. Is that That's like when Disney was racist. That's all he watched was Donald Duck. And he finally told me, he said, it's because Donald's temper is just like Dad's, but he's funny. Uh, oh. <laughs> Donald Duck helping a generation of boys cope with their bad fathers. Yeah, yeah. Also, walking around never wearing pants. If you had a dad like that, it normalized walking around without pants on. Um, Secretariat, on this day, 1973, won the Triple Crown of Horse Racing. Now, since we're going chronologically through this part of good news on this day in history, it was on this day in 1978. I'm be shocking how recently this was. 1978, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints opened the priesthood to all worthy men, ending 148 years of exclusion for black men, but not women. But not women. <clears throat> on this day in 19... Well, Joey, Joey, uh, you, can't, hey, you can't talk to God <laughs> if you don't have a penis. Obviously. Someone's going to take that that's out of the context, the right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the God antenna. That's the antenna to God is the penis. The almighty penis. Now we know why God made them. All right. Um, yeah. On this day, 1975, the first live broadcast of Britain's Parliament, the House of Commons, was televised by BBC Radio and commercial stations. Now, you might think, Adam, this is a quirk of government propaganda. But no, as, in terms of technology, communications technology, creating an expectation of transparency in government, I think this is hugely good news. And, and, and to think that there was this period where, like, government was just people doing shit in D.C. that occasionally good shit and usually evil shit came out of. That was just it. And then you sent someone there with a vote hoping that they could change it. And, now, and then C-SPAN, right? And that was cable, major innovation in terms of opening up Congress that thoroughly. Um, on this day in 1999, the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia and NATO signed a peace treaty in the end of the Kosovo War. 
And 67 years ago today, U.S. Army Counsel Joseph Welch confronted Senator Joseph McCarthy on the 30th day of Senate hearings investigating communist activity in America. Welch candidly asked the senator, have you no sense of decency, sir? At long last, have you left no sense of decency? At that point, the Senate gallery erupted in applause for the only brave soul to have finally stood up in the committee hearings against the Red Scare witch hunt that had paralyzed the nation's psyche. And with that, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.